Shut up and sit down. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I am here. I'm just having technical difficulties. Well, we've got a show tonight. Uh, let's see. James Tarrier's here. You know what James Tarrier reminds me of? It reminds me of... Uh, where is it at? Uh, let me take his comment away so I can... Tarrier for KY.com. That was super smooth. That was so smooth. Uh, yeah. But it's people over politics with Tarrier at tarrierforky.com. Go uh, go over there. Donate. If you live in Kentucky or you can help remotely, go uh, go help out over there. You know, uh, it takes people doing things to get things done, surprisingly. And a lot of libertarians refuse to do things. But Mr. Tarrier is not one of those. He does a lot. Awesome dude. Uh, go to TarryForKY.com to help him out. Roll the intro. Still having these stupid technical difficulties. Don't know why. It's almost like I don't know what I'm doing. But I do know Tom for 52.com. That's T-O-M-F-O-R-5-2.com. Go check it out. Uh, hit the donate button. Yeah. Find us on Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Twitter, Anchor, and Spotify. Uh, yeah. Go find us on all those platforms try and get away from the the facebook because uh the metaverse will eventually consume us all and kill us you heard it here first we've got crowned by gold the third and final book of the royal green series we've got supposedly jack case is coming out with a werewolves vampires and witches book or maybe it's in a reverse order but that'll be coming out soon but for now Go buy uh, Crowned by Gold if you haven't done so yet. Uh, we're legally required to say it's a good book. But uh, fuck Jack Casey. He's a flat earther. So, you know, there's that. The Alaskan Raven, for all you meme needs, go check out the Alaskan Raven on Facebook. The LP Veterans Caucus for all veteran solutions in a libertarian style. Uh, it's on Facebook. You know, there's a website coming. Don't know if it's out yet, but I know it's coming. So, yeah, there's the Coliseum new show starting next year. Hopefully I'll have a better promo than that. That jankety thing I put together in like 30 minutes. Unfortunately, I have to say it took me 30 minutes to put that together. But hey, go to notarealpodcast.com. 
cop you some sweet merch. Heard a lot of good things about the Gun Hub shirt. A lot of people have been buying it. A lot of people really like it. So go check that out. Go to electnatalybruno.com. Uh, help out Miss Natalie Bruno and her run for Oklahoma governor. You know, the good things that come from that. Then we got redemptiontactical.com. Use that link right there you see on the screen. Uh, I will post it in the comments here in a minute. Uh, right now, I'll do it right now because I will forget. Uh, use that link. It helps us, helps them let them know that we sent you or something like that. But anyways, uh, I'm going to bring up my esteemed colleague, co-host, uh, future president of Mars, uh, Mr. William Darty. <laughs> Damn, dude, I'm I'm pumped now. I didn't know I was going to be president of Mars, but I, I love it. I'm for it. I've got a great idea for the Coliseum promo or the ad that we make, so we'll, we'll talk about it later. But what's been fucking going on in your world, man? Well, I can tell you what's not going on is a camera that works. It was working, and then that. I tried to mess with it, and now it's not working. <laughs> Our audience is going to be... Really grateful, but guys, this don't get used to this. You'll he'll be back next week. He might even be back on this show. So I know that it's much nicer to look at me over here than bootleg doll show, but he'll be back. Don't worry. Unfortunately, I know. Uh, yeah, no, this, I miss funny. your face. This is awkward. This is weird. I feel like I'm talking to like a robot. Go ahead, Siri. Yes, Siri. Uh, hello, Dave. I'm sorry, Dave. I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's it's fine i uh i just rolled in from work and there's grease all over my arms all over my face so it's not so what are you doing now bro can i ask you that on there yeah i uh i'm working on cars again because you know Fuck yeah pays the bills what, uh, what, makes what my back hurt <laughs> uh today my, uh... go ahead yeah i was about to say today i just finished up like a four thousand dollar job on a dodge uh, is a 99 uh 3500 nice axle seal uh which required a special socket that took me almost two hours to find uh yeah dude like i've rebuilt it it felt like i rebuilt this whole damn truck but uh three grand does not go far in the parts world yeah no doubt Uh, are you just doing diesel no, no, no. I work at a. I work, I'm not gonna say where, but I work at a, a third party shop that I'll do anything from, like, just regular fleet vehicles to customer vehicles to pretty much anything. Dope, man. Hell yeah. No, my uh, my dad was a mechanic, you know, and he owns he owned a shop for a long time. He still owns it. He just doesn't run it anymore. But uh, and so did my grandpa. My brothers are both mechanics now, or one of them is a mechanic and one of them is a service rider. So, and I've I've full respect for that field, dude. I worked in a shop for a long time growing up, and man, it's some hard work. But I mean, these days, there's very few people who can actually work on cars. So, you should be proud of that. Yeah. What's actually really funny is they offered me a $3,000 sign on bonus because they're so short on mechanics these days. I bet, dude. I believe it. Yeah. That's awesome too. Hell fucking yeah. And you can make such good money doing work too. I mean, honestly, if you're if you're pretty quick and the faster you get, the more money you make, start working on commission and stuff. I mean, it's a good it's not like in the old days, I feel like people thought like, oh, mechanics, plumbers, you know, those are like the the lower end of people. Nowadays they're probably making more money than most college graduates, I guarantee it. Yeah, well, I was I was actually what's funny is one of the guys I work with, he's been there for uh, I wanna say he's been there about nine months at that shop. In three okay. months, he turned more than forty grand. I believe it, dude. I fucking made, I know. Yeah. I know mechanics who make six figures. I do. So I, I absolutely. And I'm not saying business owners. I'm saying people who work for other shops and make six figures. So yeah, I believe it. Yeah. Well, the, see, that's the funny thing, and like everyone, like, like all of society pushes for people to go to college. But how many people that you know go to college and make six figures? Outside of no like, doubt. like even most doctors, from my understanding, don't make six figures coming out of college, but they've got like almost six figures in debt. Exactly, dude. No shit. And I mean, doctors, like after after a couple, they do like the residency. After a couple of years, they'll make some six figures someday. But um, dude, it's it's sad. Like the whole the art degrees, 
the um, you know, and don't get me wrong. Like if you're somebody who can get the scholarships, your parents can afford it, whatever. There's worse things to spend your money on, but getting getting in debt for that shit, man, it's terrible. And honestly, brings us to uh, libertarianism. Here's our segue into the show. It's bullshit. And because of the I can't tell if I'm cutting out or Will is. Backed by the government. Hey, Will, you there? <laughs> this yeah, is turned into an... <laughs> It's turned into an audio version only podcast. <laughs> uh, I can, can hear you, you now. Hear <laughs> okay, good, good. Yeah, it's me. I don't know why I haven't been having internet trouble the last couple of days. It happened with me and Braxton last night too. But hey, whatever. Our audio is the best part anyway. Nobody wants to see either of our faces, so let's just <laughs> do a, everybody a favor tonight. There you go. But I, it sounded but yeah, like man, you were so saying. What I was going to say though, I don't know if I you heard me. Yeah, federal federal loans. You know, those student loans. They would never give an eighteen year old two hundred grand to study like art or basket weaving if it wasn't for the federal government. So. Um, just another fucking example of how government ruins people's lives by quote unquote trying to help. It's all about the money, really going to the right people. Yeah, uh, well, see, that's that, that kind of pivots into one thing Elon Musk says is that it's bullshit that you can get two hundred thousand dollars in student loans backed by the government, but you, but no eighteen year old can go to a bank pretty much and get a hundred thousand dollars to start a business. Exactly. That's that's freaking terrible. Or even even the money to like go to, you know, like learn a skill and be an apprentice or buy tools. Like what if you just wanted to be a mechanic like what you're doing, but you wanted to buy like a toolbox and uh, tools so that whenever you went places, you could be profitable and, you know, really have your stuff. They're not going to lend you money for that. Um, Yeah, it's a fucking it's a terrible system, man. I will say this. uh, The one thing that's very libertarian about the automotive trade is that. So. All, all the like Snap-on, Matco, Mac, uh, Cornwell tool trucks, like they'll do like a credit system on the truck, uh-huh. and then you can get like finance through the, through the corporation. Um, but like the percentage rates sure. aren't terrible, but they'll pretty much lend to almost uh-huh. anyone. Like I know so many mechanics with absolutely dog trash credit. Oh yeah, but they I know that they need these tools for work, so they you know will give them the quote unquote loan yep. uh, for the tools and then let them buy pretty much what they need. They give them like a cap or whatever based on their credit score. But that's really not heavily regulated by the government because it's, it's a different kind of loan, I guess. I don't know the whole technicality into it. Like that's a banking thing. We can ask Carly about it, I guess. But, uh, but yeah, it's like the tool trucks. You can go on the tool truck. We call them the rape van sure. because every time you get on there, you get raped. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, almost every single oh, truck remember. will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love them though; they're fucking awesome. What what Braxton said? Not as libertarian as. Man, I'm sorry. There's a big delay, but I just like I miss those. Like I know you're right. They have they screw over everybody. Yeah. But they uh they're still cool. Like that. I like looking at all the shit, the hats and stuff they have. You've never been on a tool truck. You're on a tool truck someday. Damn, yeah, delay, it's, bro. it's bad. <laughs> We're falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I think it might be my internet tonight. I don't know. But, oh, well. Hey, this is, this is what the show's all about, dude. Having a good time and having some libertarian conversation for everybody. Uh, we don't have to be the pristine, uh, perfect performers every time. I mean, you know, it's not always going to work out. I mean... That's what we tell our girlfriends and wives anyways, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. I don't know, actually. I'm, I'm afraid I just backed myself into a corner. I'm afraid I just fucked up. I'm not sure what I agreed to exactly. <laughs> no, it's it it dirty. It's a dirty joke. Um, Dude, so how's, uh, how's the... Uh, How's the project going? The uh, the the thing you know, the not redacted. Uh, that's it's 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 slow going. Uh, it's it's still run by libertarians, and it uh, yeah, sure, it's yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm I'm eight months into the veteran caucus right now, and we're uh, we're doing our platform planks tonight, or continuing our platform planks. So I know I understand the slow going, you know, aspect of it, but hey, we're gonna we're gonna build things that last. You know, it's cool if they have a slow start. That's probably for the best. Yeah, uh, I mean, I guess that just ends up either, you know, it, it it ends up dying in the birthing stages, or it it has that really good gestation period where it it develops into something beautiful. So we'll see what happens. Totally, man. There's a you know, there's I've having a lot of libertarian projects that I. Instagram page called 12 Fahrenheit and the point of that was you know like the boiling point of water so like we're boiling it was kind of like boogaloo redacted you know kind of memes and stuff and I had this thing that was like uh something international oh yeah true east international it was about like you know sneaking books and like propaganda into China that was like liberty base and like basically sneaking like farm and candy four and like banned books into hong kong yep rashon's got it us for hk that was like a another project i started uh and never finished but that's okay man because at least at least we're working and trying to figure things out like libertarians um we might be slow to get things you know perfect but you know we're all about the ideas and we're all trying to do stuff so i say you know yeah. it happens one thing uh that i've got going on yeah, Crazy. yeah, T. Marie, we uh we're having some technical difficulties tonight. Will's internet decided to crap out, and my camera decided it no longer wants to work tonight. Yeah, it's a it's an anonymous show. Uh, we're uh we're anonymous. This isn't my real voice. So, but uh, yeah, one other project that's going on is if anyone wants to be uh in the program for the LPTN convention this year, we're selling ads. Uh, Not a real libertarian is officially sponsoring the LPTN program for the convention this year. And if you would like to uh, place an ad, whether it's for a campaign or for a business, or you just want a picture of yourself and you just want to take up part of the page with a picture of yourself, you can do that. Uh, just reach out to me, uh, Bootleg Libertarian, on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, I would say Instagram, but I don't really go on Instagram much. I post memes, steal memes, and then dip out. Um, but yeah, reach out, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll get you hooked up with a spot. Um, I am not doing the artistic stuff in it. Um, I've got people that are doing that. They are fan freaking tastic at it. They've already shown me some of the concept work that's going on for it. So if you have a business that you'd like to advertise uh, in the LPTN convention program this year, just let me know. We still got uh, a few spots left. We've got full page ads and quarter page ads and then everything in between. I don't know where Will went. I see him down there. Maybe his internet's like really crapping out. But anywho, so I'm going to go ahead and make a prediction for the new year. Uh, It'll be, I'll go ahead and make a COVID new year prediction. So one thing we've already seen is Joe Biden and some of the Democrats and some Republicans backpedaling hard, including the CDC, backpedaling hard on some of the, the COVID uh, vernacular, right? Like what we're seeing, uh, I think, was it two days ago, the CDC changed their guidelines around COVID. So if you are symptomatic from COVID, there it's gone from seven-day quarantine to a five-day. And then Joe Biden, I believe three days ago or four days ago, said that there's no federal, like there's no action that the federal government can take uh, to stop COVID. Turns out there is no amount of anything that anyone can do to stop COVID because it's a virus and there's nothing that you can do to stop any virus, whether it's the flu or the cold. So I think next year what we'll see, especially in like the first couple months, we'll see them start rolling back a lot of this regulation and then make the grand announcement that the Democrats and the federal government alone 
have solved COVID and ended COVID. Uh, but or they'll say at least uh, they'll, they'll at least say that they've conquered the pandemic part of COVID, which means that they're no longer going to call it a pandemic, but COVID will still be around. What do you think about that, Will? It's freaking insane, dude. Can you hear me? By yeah, the way? I can hear you. Damn. No, I can't. <laughs> Will's really struggling. We're both struggling tonight. It's been uh it's been a night. He was telling me what he had going on right before the show and he was he was busy hard working being a being a man doing man things at his girlfriend's house, just being just being he man of he men. Uh and we just yeah. <laughs> Braxton <laughs> Braxton says we need to convert oh I'm sorry Will needs to convert his old podcast or his old house into a podcast studio that'd actually be pretty dope like just turn the living room into nothing but a studio put up the uh, the soundproof paneling stuff that'd be pretty cool and then like turn everything else into uh, like a gun tear down and build rooms. He has like an entire room to 3D printing, an entire room to builds, and an entire room to tear downs. That'd be pretty cool. That would make Oklahoma my second favorite state in the country if if Will did that. The couch stays. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the uh the yep. Porcupine hub group. And your second home. Nice. Yeah, well, I'll have to have a fallback in case something happens to Tennessee. Not that it will. But it's always good to have that contingency plan, you know what I mean? Like, uh, they never expected the Alamo to fall, but it fell anyways. You know, Greece and Rome, they both fell. So you never know. Let's see. Da, da, da. Stephen Andrew Witt, who I met in uh, South Carolina. Awesome dude. Him and his girlfriend. Uh, he says, somebody created a porcupine hub group. I wish I had, well, I, it would require my camera to work, but I finally got in my gun hub shirt and hoodie. Uh, they are awesome. The hoodie that I got with, I think it's like the premium hoodie or whatever. It's like slightly more expensive than the regular one. Super comfortable. Uh, it's, it's pretty awesome. Uh, uh, a lot of people have been getting, buying those shirts. I brag on it mostly because I really like it. I think it's funny. I think it's cool. So, uh, dude, I'm lagging. I'm gonna get on my phone. All right, bro. I might actually do the same because uh, it's weird not having any video. It's going to be an awful episode to upload to the website. Awful. The first half of the show will just be circles with ominous gray outlines that appear and disappear as I talk. You know what? Let's do something crazy. Let's get wild. Let's get stupid. Let's do an AMA. So if you're down there in the comment section, uh, throw out a question. We'll answer it. Within reason. Like, we're not going to do stupid stuff. Like, like we'll get stupid, but we're not going to get really stupid. You know what I mean? Like can you hear me? No. Okay. I think we might have got this figured out. Sort of. This is the weirdest podcast ever. Yeah. Okay. So I, while you were away, I uh, I told the audience we're going to do an AMA. Uh, Braxton wants to know what's the sexiest breakfast cereal? Uh, Cheerios. I'm here for it. Let's do it. Yeah, Braxton. Braxton wants to know what you think the sexiest breakfast cereal is. I said Cheerios. I think that might mean that you're gay because Cheerios are very round. I think Cheerios represent butts. 
But hold on. I got to adjust this audio. Okay. Uh, that's, that's going on. And I'm not judging. Cheerios represent butts. Um, let me think about it. Let me think about it. Sexy as cereal. I've got an idea. I'm going to say Fruit Loops just to be gayer than Cheerios. So that's what I got. <laughs> oh, God. So we've got Cheerios are gay, but Fruit Loops are gayer. Yeah, uh, nice. Have to be the gayest cereal for the love of God. Surely it can't get worse than that. Uh, Braxton also wants to know opinions on used firearms versus new. I'll let you go. I'll I'll let you hit that one first. Okay, I I would say I mean used as long as the condition's good. Like if you're buying a Glock, you're buying the Striker Fire Pistol, you're buying a 1911, you're buying an AR-15, you can pretty much get away with used. Um, firearms hold their value extremely well. Uh, so as long as you're buying something that's quality new, quality use, it kind of almost doesn't matter. The difference between like a brand new Glock, a brand new AR-15, and a used one aren't extremely different. Um, but, but I'm not an FFL, so bootleg. Yeah, I'll say this. If you get a good enough deal on a used firearm, it's almost always worth getting. Even if there's like a little bit of damage, you can replace almost anything on it for a relatively cheap amount. Now, if you're going to like a gun store to buy something used, I don't I'll, I don't usually recommend it for the most part because, as Will said, they hold their value very well. And if you can spend an extra $100 to get the new version of it versus the old version, uh, it's, it's usually worth just buying it new. Uh, but like I said, if you find some guy who's like, it's unfortunate to say this, but it's someone who's like really strapped for cash and just needs to get rid of his Glock or something like that, and he's willing to get rid of it for like two hundred bucks, two hundred fifty bucks. I mean, do it. It's it's worth it. But typically, but yeah. it'll be new. I thought. Let me think about this. I don't think I own one brand new gun. I own one new gun. Every other gun that I own, it was I bought used. Um, and I love those guns. They they felt new to me. You know, like the, the wear and tear that happens to guns is very limited. Um, like old wood stocks, yeah. You know, you can scratch stuff, but it's still, um, it's hardly noticeable most of the time. You know, especially if something's like 10 years old or newer, you know. Um, but yeah, guns are awesome. That's all I know. Uh, I will say this, too, just to make this a gun segment. Uh there are certain things I would prefer used over new. So like an AK, like I would, you know, like an original Kalashnikov AK from like the seventies or eighties would be hell yeah. Like something I'd love to have. They're just stupid expensive. Uh, versus like, you know, a lot of these newer modeled uh, American made AKs, which in a lot of opinions are trash garbage compared to the Kalashnikov ones. But sure. Um, what do you think? Do you think they're trash? I've never really messed with AKs. I've I've only in the last couple of years started doing a lot of research on them, how they're made and how all that works. Uh, I don't really have an opinion, I guess, but I really want an old Kalashnikov. Like I want to, like I want an M1 Grand as well. Like, but golly, they're expensive. Yeah, true, true story. They are they are badass rifles. Um, I've, I've really thought pretty hard. Like, I think, I think my next gun purchase will be some kind of, you know, <laughs> assault rifle to use the media's terminology, but I've been thinking pretty hard about getting an American made AK instead of an AR this time, just because, um, yeah, you know, it's a different, the ammunition's cheap. You can get a lot of it. It runs, um, you know, steel ammunition really, really well, um, on the show before now, but the yeah I american think try the american ak's don't run steel as well from what i've heard that sucks that sucks because you can get you can get one for about a grand like especially the pistols you can, you can get those pretty cheap you know i mean like cheap for an ak not cheap yeah uh andrew uh steven what what do you mean? How much are we talking? Like, are you talking about for the the M1 Grand or the AK or wh which one are you talking about? Because there's a little bit of a delay on the comments versus uh when we see them. What? So let's let's do this then. Uh, 
the comments I want I want I want to hear from the comments as well. What would be if you had an unlimited supply of money, but you could buy only one gun? What would that like? What would your dream firearm be? Can I answer this question? Yes, sir. I would buy a Springfield M1A. Nice one, like the slickest model they had. I'd put a fucking bayonet on it. It's uh, it's as accurate as an AR-15, but it's old school. It's got a wood stock, fucking classic, beautiful rifle. Get it one for about two grand. So I guess I don't have to have all the money in the world, but still. Yeah, uh, Steven says uh, the Barrett fifty cal. Uh, I am. That's what you said. Well, so what I if I if I could buy any firearm right now and put it in my house, it would be the M two fifty cal auto uh, automatic rifle, which is the the fifty cal that you see on the Humvees and all that good jazz. Uh, that would be it. Um. It would also cost me a small fortune to run the thing at the gun range, but uh, it would totally be worth it. It just gave me a really interesting thought, dude. And uh, how's our delay, by the way? No, we're good. Okay. So I had a thought, like, you remember when the guy carried the Barrett to Virginia? So... It just made me think about like kind of, you know, revolutionary type stuff and stuff like that. You know, in the past, um, something I've like learned recently is just how much like money is involved in like military affairs. And you're right. Like if we had to ever, you know, hypothetically like fight an opposing force or something like that, we'd have to have a lot of money um, to fund it, to buy the ammo and stuff like that. So how would you propose a free society? to fund war efforts. What do you think is the right way to handle that? So it's kind of how I, so the way I see it is the way that I would say minarchy would have to be implemented. If you didn't want taxes, Uh, you would have Mm -hmm. to have war bonds, which is what we used a lot of during world war two, because it's a volunteer thing. You're not required to buy them, but you can get reimbursed later for them. Um, that's a great yeah. idea. That's a, we should talk more about bonds. Like, okay, taxation's wrong, but government bonds, like if they if people want to invest in our government, that's amazing. Good for them. Yeah, it, I don't really have a problem with bonds, especially like like I said, it's not mandatory. Like they're not forcing you to pay for those bonds. Mm-hmm. But if if you are like, "Hey, I've got an extra 1000." Cuz the way that it essentially functions um from like I did some research on it years ago and it's been a while since I've done the research, but basically it's buy it's it's essentially like buying stock in the government, right? You're you're yep. you're giving them money to to fund whatever they're trying to do and you own like a quote unquote small piece of it and then when things get better and there's more money available, whatever you can trade them in or whatever. Um Yeah, it's it's an interesting concept. I wish that we had used it more often because it does financially, for lack of a better terms, handcuff the government. Because if they can't sell war bonds or bonds in general, then they just can't do things. So that that allows people to vote with their dollar and not just at the ballot box every four years. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. It's a great point. We need we need more of that. Braxton has put up the Chinese uh, flag, which what he's or what I assume he's talking about is how China has bought up a lot of U.S. bonds and U.S. Treasury notes and stuff like that. So I think he's probably dude to to try to guess what's going on in Braxton's mind behind something like that is is risky business. I'm always wrong. I'm usually wrong, but and I know him really uh, well. So he said, "Yes, sir." Yeah, okay. I figured that's what it was. Okay, okay. See, maybe other people are just better at interpreting Braxton than me. But, huh. Uh, got notifications. Being on my phone's weird. Yeah, I mean, I think that, I think it'd be interesting, but what I don't know is were the war bonds actually profitable? Like, whenever we won the war, did they get sold back for profit, or did people lose money on them? 
That'd be an interesting uh, thing to research. My understanding is that they did because the fact okay. is is that we won since since we won uh they were they still retained value and then went up some um but if we had lost they then lose all value and are worth absolutely nothing because essentially we would have lost everything so but so is so is our complete society and everybody's money so it's like that's that's like the beauty of war bonds man it's like whenever we need to defend ourselves we'll pay for it because the alternative is basically slavery or having our economy, you know, taken over by some another power. So whenever, whenever we want to defend ourselves, we'll fucking take care of it, you know. So I do want to bring this comment up. Uh, it's it's funny. Uh, it, Braxton says Braxton reads Will's mind. Will reads Bootleg's mind. Bootleg reads Braxton's mind. Nick likes Spider Man. <laughs> For those who don't know, Nick posts basically ninety percent Spider-Man stuff. He does like ten percent everything else. <laughs> that's that's really accurate, though. That's surprisingly accurate. I think that's I think that makes more sense. But I don't know that I necessarily read your mind, but I still, yeah, Braxton does read mine pretty well. It's accurate. Um, so one other thing is too is you know this. The concept of money, this is going to sound stupid and like real nerdy, but the concept of money, should we have a societal collapse, won't matter. Uh, ammo True. can be manufactured in people's basements because it already is. A lot of people True. I know, uh, pack rounds, I know people that are so die hard. They make their own casings, they make their own bullets, and then they just, the only things that they buy are gunpowder and primers. I know a guy who refurbishes primers. I mean, it takes him in his uh, house. What? Yeah, there's, there's. uh, He buys the chemicals that go into primers and then puts it in there, and then like it's a whole thing. I don't know how to do any that. Like that's that'd be a good skill to have because that's kind of the that's kind of the most valuable part of the bullet, really. I mean, as far as scarcity. Yeah, it's uh, it, it is really interesting. Um. I think I think a lot of people have different niches on what they would be good at. Like you wouldn't have to have one person that's good at everything. You would want a bunch of people that are good at different things that can train others to do those things. Because when you when you centralize knowledge, that's a problem as well, right? Like as we've seen with the the Library of Alexandria uh, when it burnt down, and what was it like? There's thousands of years ago. I'm not even going to try to remember the year, but they estimate. 75% of human knowledge was lost when that library burnt down. Like wow. all the stuff that we had learned prior to that burnt down with it. And they said that they estimated we would be 200 years more advanced if it hadn't burnt down. That's fascinating. That's insane. It makes perfect sense. Um, knowledge, power, like everything should be decentralized. You know what I mean? Like that's the beauty of the internet and the fact that we can just like share things, spread information quickly. Um, and, you know, I was thinking, like, the Federal Reserve is pretty much the epitome of, like, knowledge being centralized because, you know, basically nobody else knows how to bank. Nobody else can function as banks in this world now except for them under their system. Um, yeah, it's just tangent, side side thought. Yeah. So one thing I've seen, so the, the contracting company I worked for uh, up until about three months ago, there was this mindset a lot of the older guys had that they wouldn't share knowledge with the new guys coming in because they felt like they were going to take their job. But so a lot of the new guys had to learn stuff, the old fashioned way of breaking stuff, getting yelled at and figuring out how to do it. When you're making explosives, that's a scary thing to do when you break something. Um, True. So being willing to pass on information, even if it's a detriment to yourself, it usually isn't because if you're working with someone and you teach them how to do their job, it makes your job easier because you're not fixing their job. That's, that's kind of how all this works, right? Like if I teach more people about guns, they're not going to call me all. No, I don't mind exactly. questions about guns, but the more they learn on their own or the more that I can teach them, the better off they are, the better off I am. I can teach other people. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And then you're, you're, uh, you know, 
your monopoly on that knowledge that you can profit from is then gone, which is great for society, but not great for you necessarily. Um, well, even then, like, you know, there, there's still, there's still a profit to be made on it. Right. So not everyone sure. really, like, I know a lot of people who own guns, but they really don't care to know anything about them. They're like, look, I know, understand a bullet goes in and then it comes out when I pull the trigger. That's all they care to know. Sure. Okay. Um, sure. It's like a lot, a lot of people know that a car, for example, you put gas in it and it goes. And when something goes wrong, they don't know anything about it. You're so right. Yeah, true. So it, it's one of those things. It's different strokes for different folks. What kind of cars uh, are you will, into, man? As much as I hate working on them, I really like the older, like, early to mid 80s and before American muscle cars. Anything made Same. after 87, in my opinion, is absolute trash. You mean whenever they start started fuel injection? Yeah, fuel injection was great because it removed uh, the need to know anything about your car. So for a lot of people, sure. it made it easier on them. But then, like a lot of American companies started doing some really stupid stuff with vehicles, as we've seen with like Pontiac. They came out with like the Grand Am. Uh, they came out with the Sunfire. They came out right, with, uh, right. Yeah. Well, that's no like, muscle car. Those are four cylinder. Those are those are girl cars. You know, those are the epitome of girl cars. Yeah. Well, th- so the Grand Am, uh, I shouldn't say it came out, but it it they redid it for fuel injection, and it it's not the same. So what about? I mean, I love my my favorite car is a Fox Body Mustang. So I'm I'm with you on the 80s. Although I would prefer a 90s model Fox Body. But I'm like, what's your what's your dream muscle car then in that era? I would say more than likely a '67 GTO. Okay, but you're you're a Pontiac guy then. I, I don't think I'm a Pontiac guy. I like a lot of the stuff that Chevy did. They were back, especially like back in the '60s and '70s. They were willing to risk it all. Like they were willing to throw their entire brand away just to see if they could do it. That's cool. Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Which we don't see anymore at all. Tesla, but true. True. Well, yes. Yeah. So that's, that's... That's part of the reason why I love Tesla so much. Like, I'm not an Elon fanboy. I, I know I come off like it. Um, I think he's a person. He makes bad decisions, and I think he makes good decisions. Uh, I think there will be a plenty of things that he does that I don't like. But Tesla is one of those things where he had an idea... And it, what's so I'll get into this here in a minute, but Tesla was basically a child that was. Well, we'll put it this way: it's, it's it'll be a really dark analogy. It's a child that's in the NICU. It's it's very terminal. It had a fifty per fifty chance of survival. It's either going to die a horrible death or is going to survive uh, and flourish. And it's it's flourishing right now. I mean, they're having True. they're they're selling more vehicles than they can make, and they make a lot fairly quickly. True. I mean, you know, electric engines are probably going to take over. And, I mean, they make sense for efficiency, for reliability. Um, they're going to take a lot of power to, to run it. But, I mean, I think it's inevitable that internal combustion comes to an end, at least, you know, for need. I think people will still use it for hobby, but not for, like, your day-to-day driving and stuff. How – so I'm going to ask you this. So this was actually going to be my next point. How early do you think the – first electric car was made that only ran off electricity honestly i would guess extremely early um i would guess 1890 that's actually really really close so the the first two types of vehicles that were on the road were electric and gasoline i believe Uh, yeah so the only reason the electric car or they what they call the gen one electric car died was because the electric starter came out for gasoline vehicles because Ah. the the appeal to electric cars was that you could just start it up and go but it didn't have range it had something like 10 to 20 mile range so you could maybe get around town and that was it um then gasoline cars had a much longer range i think it was closer to like 50 or 60 miles back then uh okay but but the appeal with electric cars was you didn't have to crank it. 
Well, when the electric starter came out, that was the end of electric cars because it no longer was feasible because of the range. Gotcha. That makes sense. So before before they had the electric starter, that you're talking about, they were like the cranks and all that shit. Is that what they were using? Yeah, yeah. Like we, they would get out and shove the bar into the front of the motor, and then they would they would hand crank the crankshaft, uh, which was extremely dangerous. Number one. So what? How? Why was it dangerous? Because it's attached to your crankshaft. So when it started up, if you didn't pull it out in time, it would actually start moving at the speed of the motor, and it it there was a lot of injuries from that. That's crazy. I never heard of that, huh? So, T. Marie has a question here. She says, "Is that a meatball neat to your lighter?" I, I assume she means next to your lighter. This is. A, I, I didn't realize you could see everything on my table, but this is a rose rock. This is the state rock of Oklahoma. It is not a meatball. It is a rock that looks like a rose. So yeah. Jason Booth says seventy-two GTX. I'd give an arm for it, not my arm, but I'd acquire one to exchange for it. <laughs> uh, GTX are pretty cool. I'd go if I was going from that era. I would go with a '69, or I actually go with like a '71, uh, probably Roadrunner, maybe a Cuda, or I'd go with Ooh. a Fox Body Mustang if I was going more '80s '90s era. What do you think the dumbest vehicle ever made was? Wow, that's a great question. Oh gosh, um, The dumbest vehicle to me, I guess, is any vehicle that is more expensive than its functionality for no reason. So, like Land Rover, a Land Rover is the dumbest vehicle to me. Well, they have a lot of functionality, I, but I get like they're I get why you so say unreliable that. though. They're the worst. They, they they are BMWs essentially. So they they do have that hundred thousand mile guaranteed reliability, but after the hundred thousand, they fall apart. And that's what, uh, you know, it's funny when I lived in Germany, you know, I kind of realized this, but Europeans just have like a very disposable car mindset. They're not like, you know, I want to drive this car for a hundred years. They're like, we're going to drive them for a hundred thousand miles and throw them in the trash can. And so that's how their cars are made. So what's actually really funny is, uh, so the Grand Tour just did an episode on this. So uh, Jeremy Clarkson, huh. James May and Richard Hammond, the, the guys from the old Top Gear. They okay, yeah. they did an episode talking about how the French are like that, but the British aren't. Like the French don't believe in used cars. Yeah, I could believe that. I think Germans are kind of in between, but I could totally I could believe that. But I don't I don't know about the British. I didn't notice that if when I was there differently, but I haven't spent much time in England, so that could be true. Yeah, I I would see that it makes sense because if you think about it, like historically the Brits have had to ration things between two world wars plus all the other wars they've fought, and they're on True. an island, so it's not Touché. like they have a super, uh, you know, large amount of space to manufacture stuff like we do here. True, you know, I think I think Japan. I've heard that they're even less than a hundred miles sometimes when they recycle their cars, just because, um, you know, my dad at his shop he used to buy a lot of like used used engines and transmissions so like if you replace something on like a honda or toyota you could buy a used transmission or engine for like seventy thousand with seventy thousand miles on it from japan which for a honda or toyota is fucking nothing um but supposedly it's because like their highways are so packed that basically if somebody breaks down it like costs the country like billions of dollars so nobody can break down in japan wow yeah i didn't know that that's interesting I mean, I, I don't have confirmation of it, but that's what I've read. So we should we should research. But, hey, I need to <laughs> roll pretty soon. I've got to do a meeting with the Veteran Caucus people. So. All right. Whenever, well, uh, I'll say whenever we one have last a chance. Thing. Please. Uh, the, the greatest car manufacturer on the planet right now, in my opinion, uh, if you're looking for something gasoline-powered, is Toyota, hands down. Honda, uh, but okay. I like it. I think I think Toyota makes the best cars, the best pickup trucks. Uh, the the Tundras, the the new generation of Tundras, have a thirty five hundred front end and a quarter ton truck. That's pretty fucking cool. Um, I I disagree yeah. slightly. I think Honda's still better 
especially for what Honda does best. For trucks, you probably have a point. The Tacoma and the Tundra are pretty freaking amazing. Um, but Toyota is great. I've had I've owned two Toyotas and I think six Hondas. Um, they were all they were all fantastic cars. So Japan Japan just knows what they're doing. Japan can engineer things better than anybody, uh, except Nissan. They suck. But yeah. <laughs> well, this Especially episode European is sponsored. Th- this episode is sponsored by the Toyota Hilux, the official vehicle of terrorism across the globe. <laughs> Seriously, Hilux. <laughs> Sponsored by the Libertarian Party Car Caucus, and uh, yeah, we like cars and liberty. Oh lordy, Stephen is very wrong. He says German cars are the best. Uh, he no, is extremely oh, oh, wrong. wrong. No, sorry, Stephen. I love you. You are my favorite listener and veteran caucus member. But German cars are absolute garbage. American cars are also mostly garbage, except for trucks. Japanese cars are fire. It is what it is. But with that, Mr. William has very important cock-ass stuff to do. He's got to go <laughs> boss a bunch of people around. It ain't easy being cheesy on top. <laughs> That's right. But good freaking show. Follow the Libertarian Party Veteran Caucus, by the way, if you don't already. Follow the Oklahoma Libertarian Party. And follow us on everywhere we're found. Twitter, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Twitch, uh, Facebook, Google, did I say YouTube. already? YouTube. And I feel like I'm still missing one. But Anchor, thank you. Come on. <laughs> thank you, me. I remember. <laughs> also, vote for Will for president of Mars. Uh, then vote for Bootleg for Supreme Overlord of North America. You won't actually be able to vote for me. But uh, I guess technically, if you fall in line, that's a vote. And I don't have to kill you. So, uh <laughs> Yay, libertarianism. (laughs) (laughs) We love freedom and murder. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Well, with that, ladies and gentlemen, good night, good liberty. We love y'all, and we'll see y'all next year. Bye.